church leaders, welcome to the CEO Pastor Podcast. My name is Cindy, and I am your host for today's episode. My goal is to provide the management expertise every church leader needs to produce the ministry experience every church leader wants. We'll skip the jargon and cliches and focus on ideas that will help you accomplish the church's mission in your unique ministry context. Ready? Let's go. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing feedback for leaders, getting feedback from other people. Last week, we discussed generating our own feedback from within, from just thinking things through. And this week, we're going to discuss getting feedback from other people. Now, nobody likes to hear feedback from other people, but unfortunately, if we want to grow, we're going to have to learn to listen to that feedback. So the first people that you can get your feedback from is your team that you work with in your organization. Now, hopefully you have built up the kind of trust and the kind of culture that invites feedback from people that you work with, but you may have a neutral culture in that regard or possibly a negative one. And that's one of the most important things that you need to work on when it comes to getting feedback from your team. You have to make people comfortable with giving you that feedback. They have to know that you're going to actually listen to their feedback and not just get angry or defensive or whatever. They need to know that you're going to take it seriously and that you're going to act on it. You have to do all three things. You have to be able to listen, you have to be able to understand it, and then you have to act on it. If one of those three components is missing, don't bother asking for feedback. It's not going to go well if you do that. If you ever want to have a good relationship with the people that you work with, whether that's your volunteers or your congregation, you have to do those three things if anybody ever gives you feedback. I'll give you an example of how important it is to take feedback correctly. So this isn't exactly in a feedback context, but it was in kind of like a discussion type context. I was in a meeting and we were discussing fundraising ideas for something that we were doing in the church and one of the pastors was leading the discussion and it was said at the beginning of the discussion that this is a brainstorming session. So in my mind, A brainstorming session is where people just throw out ideas, whether they're good or not, without evaluating them first, because hopefully, even if an idea is no good, it will trigger something in somebody else, and they'll actually come up with a good idea, even though your original idea that you threw out there wasn't really that great to begin with. So with that in mind, we started discussing ways to fundraise, and a few people threw out a couple of ideas. And then I threw out an idea that I knew was not very good, but I was just thinking if I just throw this out, maybe somebody will kind of build on that or, and come up with something way better than this because I was just tossing out an idea. The problem was the pastor leading the discussion did not do step one. They did not listen to what was being said. Instead of listening, they essentially told me that my idea was stupid and it would never work. And I was thinking, okay, I'm pretty sure this was supposed to be a brainstorming session where ideas don't get evaluated. You just toss them out there and see how things go. And I said, 
out loud, oh, I thought we were just coming up with ideas here. I was hoping that I would toss an idea out and throw something out there that somebody might take and run with or might trigger a better idea in somebody else's mind. The thing that I was thinking, but I did not say, thankfully, which doesn't always happen with me, unfortunately, was, does anyone else have any ideas? No, I didn't think so. Like, it was so bad the way that leader reacted to my idea Somebody approached me afterward and said, what was that? Like, why did they react like that? That's how obvious and bad it was to everybody else. So I didn't take any pass of it. I wasn't really expecting anything much different other than the fact that I was under the impression we were doing a brainstorming session. So it didn't harm my view of the leader because Unfortunately, my view of the leader was not very positive because of situations that had come up in the past. But unfortunately for that leader, they had now tainted their relationship with all of the other people in that group because they saw how he reacted to me and to my idea that he did not like and didn't think would work. And therefore, they now knew it was not safe for them to throw out their ideas. So we really only got two or three ideas out of that discussion, and that was the end of that shortly after the moment that we had there the meeting was over because nobody else would say anything else so that's what happens unfortunately when you don't do number one when you don't listen to the idea when you don't listen to the feedback especially if you do it in front of other people you not only possibly taint the relationship you have with the person who's giving you the feedback but you also taint the relationship of the people who are watching this whole thing happen where they see that somebody tried to give the leader feedback and they got yelled at or they got angry or they dismissed the idea as illegitimate and all of a sudden you've tainted your ability to get feedback from any of those people who just witnessed that. And unfortunately, people usually say things after meetings, as we all know. So whoever those people talk to, will also know, don't give that person feedback. It will not go well for you, especially if you try to or unintentionally end up publicly humiliating the person who tries to give you the feedback. So the first step is you need to listen. The second is you need to understand. And part of the difficulty with understanding is sometimes people don't word their feedback very well. A lot of times people... They either can't figure out how exactly to say it in a way that's helpful and it comes across as more hurtful than anything else, or they're giving feedback when they're upset. And it definitely does not come across very well when they're upset because they are just saying whatever they're feeling and they haven't had a chance to think it through necessarily, depending on how much distance they've put between the incident and when they're giving you the feedback. So it doesn't necessarily come across very well when people are giving you feedback, especially in some kind of an emotionally charged situation. So that's where step two comes in, the understanding part. Just because somebody gives you feedback that's presented in a negative way or said in a negative way, it doesn't mean that that feedback is automatically negative and automatically invalid. There may be a kernel of truth in that feedback that you need as a leader. Just because that person wasn't able to articulate it very well or just because the person who was saying it was upset at the time doesn't mean that that's not something that you need to hear and understand in the way that it really should have been presented 
but unfortunately we don't always learn how to give feedback properly so it doesn't always come across very well so that's where you need to sit back and try to separate the emotion from what the person is actually saying separate the poor wording from what the person is actually saying because if that person felt strongly enough about that feedback to give it to you as a leader it was probably something that you needed to hear and understand and thirdly the third thing on feedback is you need to act on it. I've also been in situations with church leaders where they've listened, they've understood, but I have never seen action on some of the feedback that they've been given. Now, maybe it's behind the scenes action, I don't know, but some of the feedback that they're given is stuff that you should probably see a visual manifestation of at some point. And you can be great at listening, you can be great at understanding, but if you never act on the feedback then people will eventually give up on giving you feedback because clearly you're not respecting it enough to do something about it now if it's something that you just can't do something about or you can't do something about right now that's different if you sit down and say to them like I hear what you're saying and I understand where you're coming from, but this is the reason why it has to be done this way or this is the reason why we can't make that change right now. People will usually be receptive to that as long as you can back up your rationale with stuff that makes sense to them. If they feel like you're just making a bunch of excuses, that's not going to go over well either. But if you can tell them exactly why their ideas or their feedback can't be implemented right now or why they can't be implemented for one reason or another, most people will accept that. But if there is no legitimate reason why something cannot be acted upon, you really do need to act on it if you possibly can. If the goal is to try to encourage feedback from your team, from your volunteers, from your congregants, from any staff you might have in your organization, those are the three components you need. You need to be able to listen, you need to be able to understand, and you need to be able to act on the feedback that you're receiving from them. Now, I have a couple of resources that I'm going to include the show note in the show notes about that, and it will give you more details on how to ask for feedback from your team, how to react to feedback from your team in the moment when you're receiving it, and what you should do to act on that feedback from your team. So I'll include that in the show notes. Another thing that as a leader, it might be important for you to look at closely, especially if you don't yet have a culture where people feel comfortable giving you feedback, is reading the body language of the people that you're interacting with. You can tell a lot about how people are taking what you're saying or what you're doing if you're observant about people's body language. And sometimes it can be pretty subtle. I remember I went up into the lunchroom one day at the office and the crew mentioned to me that they were having problems with one of our vehicles because every time they took it out and it worked any amount of difficult work, it would break a chain. And because of that, they wanted to get a different type of vehicle to replace that vehicle. So they would use that one vehicle at certain times of the year. It's an amphibious vehicle. So if it, we use it in the winter out on ice for harvesting, so if it's at the time of year where the ice can be a little weaker it's handy to have it because if it does go through the ice it'll float so everybody inside is safe and dry which is ideal they had the idea that they would use it when the ice was kind of iffy and then use a four-wheeler for the rest of the time because the four-wheeler would be able to tow more and do more stuff out on the ice so i said to them well how much does it cost to replace the chains because i had been getting the bills 
for the chains and they cost about 15 20 bucks and they knew that I knew that and they also knew how much it was and I said because it would take a lot of chains to make up the price of a four-wheeler in other words you'd have to replace the chain a whole pile of times before it would out cost what it would cost for a four-wheeler now if you've ever seen three grown men hang their heads that's one of the most depressing sights that you'll ever see and as soon as I saw them hang their heads I said "Uh uh-oh this is like a big time pain and they're really discouraged by this so once I noticed that I said but if you guys can find a four-wheeler for a really good price and have it all arranged and stuff then we'll get a four-wheeler and then all of a sudden they brightened right up and they were all excited to go out and find a deal on a good four-wheeler so that's the type of thing to keep an eye out for too is people's body language because they never the crew would never have said anything to me about really needing that because they knew that if you're just doing it on calculation then what I had said was true but by reading their body language I knew it was something that was really discouraging to them to have to continually replace those chains so I was able to give them the alternative of if you can find a reasonably priced four-wheeler then we'll get that for you and then that chain thing won't be a problem anymore. So how do you get better at reading body language? Well, it comes with experience, but something that I've found really helpful is a channel on YouTube called the Behavior Panel. It's for experts in body language and they discuss, they go through videos. They have a different video every week. Sometimes it's interviews with criminals. Sometimes it's interviews with people who are looking for their missing child or spouse. Sometimes it's interviews with politicians or celebrities. It just depends on what's happening in the world right then and there. And they try to keep it contemporary, but it's very interesting to watch them analyze those videos and point out all the ways that you can see how what they're saying is not congruent with their body language or how their body language is saying something that they're not saying with their mouth. It's very interesting, and they explain what you can look for out in the wild, as they call it, when they're going through these videos. And it's especially helpful, too, if you happen to encounter somebody who has, like, narcissistic tendencies, like not somebody who just likes to look at themselves in the mirror, but I'm talking somebody with a serious mental problem of being a narcissist or somebody who's a psychopath. They give you a lot of things to look out for to spot these different personality disturbances and stuff like that because some of those people can be pretty tricky. So it's helpful when you're encountering people in any context to be able to spot those things and also to be able to spot where people are holding back something or people might be trying to be a little deceptive. It really helps in your everyday and it doesn't matter if you're using it in your business or in everyday life with your kids, or with somebody else that you meet, or in a church. It's always helpful to be able to read people's body language and to just kind of notice things and dig deeper on them whenever you can. So I'll put the behavior panel in the resources in the show notes as well, so you can see that. The second place where you can get feedback from other people is from other leaders. Usually that will be in a mentorship role 
where you're either teamed up with somebody who's a little bit more advanced down the line than you are in your same type of leadership. So if you're a pastor, an older pastor, a more experienced pastor, or if you're a CEO, another CEO, or somebody who was a CEO or retired CEO. But sometimes you don't necessarily have to stick exactly in the same vein when you're looking for your mentor. Sometimes it can be helpful to have a mentor who's outside your industry but is still a leader on a similar level that you are. Sometimes a person who's not in your industry can see things from a different perspective and help you look at something differently so you have a better understanding, a more well-rounded understanding of what you're dealing with. And as church leaders, sometimes it can be beneficial to have a mentor who's not a believer so they can give you a, a real outsider's perspective on what you're doing in your leadership. Now, of course, don't take anything and do it if it's not biblical. But if we're talking about leadership, you can find leadership outside the church, as we all know. So sometimes they'll have leadership ideas that you can apply or ways of looking at something that you can adapt to your own context that can be helpful for you as you're running your ministry, as you're running your organization. So yes, it's helpful, especially for church-related issues, to have a mentor who's also been a pastor or who is currently a pastor, but just further ahead in experience than you are. But it can also be helpful to have somebody who's a leader who's not in ministry or even who may not even be a believer. And the other thing to consider, too, is sometimes it can be helpful to have a mentor who is perhaps behind you a little bit. Somebody who's clearly trying to learn and trying to get ahead, but somebody who's coming up behind you because they may be able to see some things that you can't see just because you're so experienced. I find Sometimes as people get more experienced with their particular area, they tend to make assumptions. They tend to see things the same way as they've always seen them. And sometimes if you get that new person in there or somebody who's just coming up behind you, they can see things and point things out to you that make you say, oh yeah, I never really thought of it that way. Or they might have a different way of doing something that's more efficient or better than what you're doing right now. So that way we can all learn from each other, whether it's somebody who's more advanced than you or somebody who's coming up behind you. If you can draw ideas and feedback from all sources and incorporate them into your leadership, then that only will improve everything that you're doing as a leader. And the third place where you can get outside feedback, and potentially the most terrifying place to get outside feedback, is from the Lord. Now, the great thing about getting feedback from the Lord is that you know it's going to be true, and you know that it's going to be for your good. But the problem with getting feedback from the Lord is you know it's going to be true, and you know it's going to be for your good. And the thing about getting feedback from the Lord, too, is He knows everything, you can't hide anything from the Lord. He knows your heart. He knows why you do the things you do, even before you realize why you're doing the things you do, because sometimes we can be a little slow on figuring that out. But if you're looking for good, solid, true feedback with absolutely no slant, no favoritism, the best place to get it is from the Lord. And if you ask, the Lord will give that feedback to you. If you're serious about it, the Lord will give you that feedback. A lot of the time, he's giving us that feedback anyway, and he keeps having to give it to us over and over because we're too stubborn or busy or not paying enough attention 
to realize, oh, this is feedback from the Lord. I need to listen to this. But as we know, it's best to listen to that feedback from the Lord because he has our best in mind. He wants us to succeed, especially when we're in ministry. He wants us to follow his way and to lead people in a way that honors him. So the feedback that he will give you will advance the kingdom, will make things better where you are so that you can help more people and reach more people and do your part to bring the kingdom into its fuller expression in the ministry and through the ministry that you are working in. Now, hopefully as a Christian leader, you know how to get that feedback from the Lord through prayer and through reading scripture. So I don't think I need to explain that further, but I would encourage you to make a point of asking the Lord for that feedback every day and for bringing things to your mind about how you've done a great job in the leadership that you've done that day and the things that you should keep doing and then to ask about the ways that you need to improve the great thing about the lord is he knows our hearts he knows how much we want to honor him so he knows whether or not when we're receiving feedback from him we need tough love or if we need like some gentle guidance and he'll do that perfectly because he is perfect So when you're looking for feedback from outside yourself, look for it from your team. Look for feedback from other leaders. Make a point to find other people who are on that leadership journey, whether inside a church ministry or outside a church ministry or ahead or behind you on that journey and ask their feedback. And thirdly, ask for feedback from the Lord, who's the ultimate, so he can give the perfect advice for what you need to do in order to improve as a leader. So with all that in mind, I encourage you to check out the resources in the show notes. Most of them will revolve around getting feedback from your team because that's the most delicate one just because of the power dynamics between you as the leader and your team. But I would also suggest that you find ways to get feedback from others. If you have somebody that you trust already that will give you feedback, ask them how good of a job you do on taking feedback, what they've noticed. And if you don't have someone like that, start with getting feedback from the Lord and feedback from other leaders first, because that power distance isn't there. So you don't need to create a relationship in an environment where people who may have a different power level than you are being asked to give you feedback and use the feedback from those leaders and from the Lord as you build the culture, as you build the environment where you invite feedback from your team. And over time, you'll eventually be able to get feedback from all three sources at the same time. So on next week's episode, we're going to move away from getting feedback for the leader, for you, and move on to you giving feedback to your team. And one of the ways that we're going to discuss is called 360-degree feedback. I could have mentioned it as part of the feedback that you receive from your team, but I think I'll hold off and go into that more in-depth on our next episode. So I hope you'll join me next week for that. And I look forward to that discussion with you then. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of CEO Pastor Podcast. I hope you discovered an idea that you can apply in your unique ministry context. Head over to ceopastor.com for more resources and meet up with me and other church leaders on social media for further discussion. Any questions or suggestions? Email me at podcast at ceopastor.com. And don't forget to share, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast to help spread the word that managing ministry better makes ministry better.